Bobby is a dum-dum. Bobby is a dum-dum. Bobby is dumb. Hi, everyone. Before we begin this episode, I just want to apologize uh, for a couple of things. First is, uh, in true Bobby is a dum-dum fashion, I am traveling and I'm in Las Vegas for the National Championship for Bowling. And I forgot the cord for my webcam, and the replacement cords don't seem want to want to work, so I think it's a company-specific thing. So this, this episode, we're going back to the old days of being audio only. And also that I'm not in a, in a sound-treated room. I'm in a hotel room. So uh, audio quality uh, may be different than how it's been in the past. But never fear, it doesn't matter, rain or shine, travel or not travel, I'm going to give you your NBA news, and you're going to get it, and you're going to hopefully like it a lot. Welcome to the Omni Sports Podcast, Podcast. Podcast. featuring your host, Bobby Labida. Hello and welcome in everyone to another episode of the Omni Sports NBA podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Labita, and in today's episode, we're going to go over Jokic having one of the best triple doubles of all time, Jordan Poole's fall from grace, some JJ Redick, Doc Rivers drama. We're going to have our first trivia episode or trivia quiz on the podcast and we're gonna we're just gonna we're just gonna vibe this week's episode is brought to you by spice levels we're going up a couple notches there's only about 25 games left in the regular season and uh, tensions are rising in the nba we could see that because there were so many fights this week in only a shortened week and along with that since it was a shortened week once again you can expect the pod to be a little bit shorter um, but as we get closer to the playoffs, and especially during the playoff time, um, I'm hoping to to get more in depth and have some longer pods. But until then, we're gonna we're gonna be doing some shorter pods. And again, it's not the it's not the size of the pod that matters; it's the motion of the ocean. Quiz time. Before we get into the storylines of the week, we're going to do the first Omni Sports NBA trivia quiz that you can you can do from the comfort of wherever you currently are. Um, the way that this will work is I'm going to ask three questions, and you can get up to three points for each question. You'll get three points if you can answer it with no hint. After about 15 seconds, I will give a first hint, and if you get it after that first hint, it's worth two points. And if you get it after the second and most obvious hint, you get one point. Um, And so that will put you at nine. But don't worry, everyone gets one point because you're adorable. So you get a point for being cute. And that can get you out of 10 points. So uh, comment below or comment on the episode, you know, how many points you got or keep track, um, you know, for fake Internet clout. So we're going to start. These are a variety of questions pertaining to things that are happening this year or uh, some historical uh, uh, questions. So your first question on the Omni Sports quiz. This will be my quiz voice. No, it won't. I can't do this for too long. All right. Which warrior this year has the highest three point percentage? Uh, feel free to pause. Um, all right. Now, if you didn't get it, here's the hint. This player was involved in the All-Star Weekend in some way. 
Also, please be honest. Don't switch your answer. Lock it in. All right, hint number two. And this is a, a pretty obvious hint, and which is why it's the last hint. This is the person you maybe least expect to be leading the Warriors in three-point percentage. Ding, ding, ding. That's right. <laughs> the person leading the Warriors in three-point percentage this year, it's not Steph. It's not Clay. It's Draymond Green, who is shooting above 50%, not for the year, but in the first half this year. He's actually shooting terribly in the second half uh, when it comes to three-pointers, but uh, Draymond's shooting 43% from three, um, which is crazy. All right, question number two. Nikola Jokic this week became the fourth player to have a triple-double against every team that he's played against. So Jokic doesn't have a triple-double against the, the Nuggets because he hasn't, you know, not been on the Nuggets, but he has one against every other team. So there uh, are, uh, like I said, he's the fourth. Here are two more players. LeBron James has also done this and Maurice Stokes. But there is one more player who is the fourth player to have a triple-double against every single team but his own. All right, no hints. All right, we'll let you... Uh... Okay, cool now. I'm going to give you your first hint. This player is a current player. Maybe, I don't know if that's an uh, not an obvious hint, uh, since you probably assume that. Now, our second hint. This player is a former MVP that's right, the fourth player to have triple doubles against every single team. We have Nikola Jokic joining LeBron, Maurice Stokes, and Russell Westbrook, the three, uh, the triple double king himself. All right, last question for this quiz. Hopefully you're at seven points, and if not, you're dead to me. Which team had the best record in their last 20 games going into the All-Star break? No hint. All right. Now I'm going to give a hint. This team is in the East. All right. And now for your obvious hint. I think it's obvious, but if you're not paying attention to the standings, you may not know. This team is the second team in the East. And that's right. It's the Cleveland Cavaliers who, going into the All-Star break, were 17-3 and and had the best 20-game stretch. I'd have changed that question because they decided to lose last night, but the, but it still worked. It still worked. So uh, let me know what you got out of 10. Remember, if you got any all these questions with no hints, 10 points. A single hint is worth two points for that question. The more obvious hint is worth one point. And if you didn't get it, you didn't get it. And better luck next time. Jordan pulled to the bench after struggling in his first year in D.C. Poole was traded in the summer from Golden State after receiving a huge payday from the Warriors as he was once billed a part of their future plan. S.A., what do you make of Poole right now? I think that uh, Jordan Poole needs to sit down with his family and loved ones, and he really, really needs to have a personality check. Our first storyline of the week is something that does not bring me joy. In fact, it brings me ex deep existential dread. 
and that is the player that has been the thorn in my side this whole fantasy basketball season. I don't know why I still have him on my team. I should have dropped him a long time ago, but it just it I, at this point it feels like if I can win with him on my team, that's a, that's a super win. Uh, but Jordan Poole has been regulated to the bench for the Wizards for the foreseeable future, which may not be shocking given the quality of play, but like. It really is shocking. Think about it. The Wizards are a team that don't even have 10 wins yet in the season, right? We've we played 55 games and they don't even have 10 wins yet. And Jordan Poole was arguably the second best player in the Warriors championship run a couple of years ago. Uh, you know, I don't know if that would be the general consensus, but he was really important and fundamental in, in that run. And now he's being benched on the to me, the the lead, the worst team to watch, right? <laughs> like the they're, the the Wizards are just so so painful to watch, uh, and this fall from grace is in some ways historic. Like Jordan Poole gets this massive contract, um, you know, you think he could become the. I don't know if people thought he'd be the fa- face of the Warriors franchise, but you thought, okay, like you saw a pathway to success. You saw a pathway where Jordan could shake off the 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 cobwebs of the, the the shake off the stench of like the end of his tenure in the Warriors organization. Um, but no, and I wonder if uh, this is the last contract Poole will get. You know, it really I think depends if he's willing to. I, I don't know if it's putting more work in. I don't know if it's a mindset problem. I'm it just again, I always feel bad about this because I think he got thrown under the bus by the Warriors organization for something that shouldn't have been. Um, and it doesn't seem like he has the right attitude following that. And I think uh, it's unfortunate. He and, and, and this, you know, I think the moral of this story is like, when players are good, really appreciate it because it could be a flash in the pan. And, you know, I think often when a player quotes unquote break breaks out, we think that, oh, they're it's it's done. Right. They're going to be good forever um, or they're going to be good for a long time or that players are always progressing towards greatness or getting better. And that's not always true. Sometimes it's going to be a short run. And, um, you know, no matter what, you can't take away from Jordan Poole that Warriors run. Um, but we may not be watching much more Jordan Poole in the future. Side note real quick. No one's going to react to Doc's audio there. We've been yeah, seven minutes heard, oh. since we showed that audio. Nobody's going to react to Doc's audio. Do you want me to get it oh, Doc, for you? He's doing he he it. Repeat it. I, 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 repeat it. I can repeat I, I've it. I've seen the trend now. I've seen the trend for years. What's the trend? The trend is always making excuses. Get Doc, we get it. Taking over a team in the middle of the season is hard. It's hard. We get it. Just like getting traded in the middle season is hard for a player. We get it. Mm-hmm. But it's always an excuse. It's always throwing your team under the bus. They lose to Memphis. Oh, it's his players. Memphis was playing G League guys and two-way guys. What you just heard there was J.J. Redick commentating on Doc Rivers. Now, J.J. played for Doc um, on the Clippers, and so there's some history there. If you don't know who J.J. Redick is, former basketball player, uh, has a NBA podcast, does commentating. Um, and... These comments, which to me are pretty innocuous, ended up getting uh, a lot of flack. Austin Rivers, Doc Rivers' son, basically called out J.J. Redick saying that he only had a career because Doc 
brought him on the Clippers, which is also just like not true because like JJ had like offers to other teams. Um, and also I would argue played better on the 76ers than he did um, on the Clippers. And so you had a few other players kind of come uh, like people come to bat for Doc Rivers. But what was funny is the way they came to bat for Doc Rivers is they just attacked JJ Reddick's playing career. They never actually attacked what JJ Reddick said, because here's the thing. It's true. Doc Rivers always has excuses. And it was I I couldn't believe what I heard this week from Doc Rivers, like an actual NBA coach and like a tenured coach. He's been a coach for a long time. It's not like he's a rookie making a mistake where he said on a podcast that he thought what the, the Bucks organization was doing was crazy and that he wanted them to wait till the all star break so he could have more time and like like they shouldn't do this. But like, can you imagine like imagine like. on a podcast like you tell your like you say out loud my former employer like my employer my current employer fired the person before me and that was dumb and then they hired me and they should have waited because like there was a more optimal time like no you wouldn't you don't say that especially like in the middle of a season especially when the team was three and seven in the last 10 when you were their coach Doc Rivers was brought in to fix a problem and he's only making excuses. And we've seen this time and time again. He hasn't taken teams over the leap in over 15 years. We're talking the 2008 Celtics, which was just loaded with talent. And that Celtics team played in a bunch of game sevens that they shouldn't have. They should have they should have made it a lot easier on themselves. But Draymond Green kind of summed it up the best, which is not a sentence I always say, but Draymond does have some good points. And on this particular issue, he agrees that maybe the tone in which JJ said it was what was being attacked, but no one's attacking what he said, right? Because they had to attack the player because they couldn't attack what he said. And that it's true that Doc wants to throw players under the bus. Doc isn't accountable. And I don't think that's a strong feature in a leader. And it's, you know, I don't understand like how you can leave a commentating job where you're making millions of dollars. And then within like two weeks complain that you are hired as an NBA coach. Like it just, it just doesn't make sense. And I'm worried about the bucks. And up until this year, even with like Adrian Griffin, like I wasn't at all worried about Giannis ever leaving Milwaukee just because I think he's a really loyal person. And I think, you know, Americans really harp on like, Oh, you big city stuff like that. But like, I don't think players outside of like America. So, you know, you look at Jokic and Giannis and like all Embiid. I don't think they necessarily care about the market they're in. Right. Because like no matter what, it's foreign to them, like even if they live here during the season. And so it's just I just I worry that maybe the, this this kind of disaster will leave a bad taste in Giannis's mouth. And I as much as I would love Giannis on my team, I I really like him in Milwaukee. I really like when there are strong, um, you know, strong teams for all of the different cities. So, Doc, please, please, for Giannis' sake and for the rest of the team's sake, be accountable and get it together. Nicola, I know you don't care about your personal stats, (laughs) but that was just a, a gorgeous, a gorgeous night for you. 21 points, 19 rebounds. 15 assists, perfect from the field. Are you aware that you've had a, a triple-double against every other team in the NBA? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's a nice, especially when I finish career, it's going to be like a legacy or something. So it's uh, like a milestone, I'm going to say something like that. It's a milestone. 
All right, for storyline number three, we're just going to call this MVP level stats. So I'm going to talk about two stat lines this week that blew my mind and I think are worthy of being talked about. And I think one of these players is the front runner for the MVP, and then one will be an MVP sometime in the future. So first, Nikola Jokic had a 21-point, 19-rebound, 15-assist game. So he went 15, 15, and 15, right? We forget over triple-doubles, which is 10, 10, and 10. And he was one and a half times better than that. And that's amazing by itself. And I think he was one of the first players, uh, one of the few players to have ever done that. But he became the first player ever to do this while shooting 100%. He was 10 for 10 in field goals made. That stat line is like a statistician's wet dream. Like somewhere, if like we're going to have Moneyball 2 involving Nikola Jokic because he's just, every decision he makes is the right one, right? When you're shooting 10 for 10, that you're shooting good shots. You're shooting efficient shots, right? That That's how you get there. And with all the assists and like the rebound, like he's just... He's just so good at basketball, and it's such a pleasure to watch him, and I hope that you really get to enjoy it. And if you're like, ah, Jokic is a little boring, it's not my vibe, well, let me let me introduce you to someone else who may excite you, Victor Wembenyama. And I know we talk about him a lot in the pod, but like, how can we not talk about this season and talk about this, this player who's going to be... He's already playing like a defensive player of the year. Like, I think if he wasn't a rookie, I think he'd be more serious in that conversation. And I could see there being some pool with that in the future. Also, it hurts that the Spurs don't have a good record. Traditionally, NBA voters care about team records for those sorts of awards, um, which sometimes makes sense and sometimes doesn't. And I don't know if you can really fault Wimby, you know. Um, but what he did this week is he had what's called a five by five, where you have at least five in all of the major categories. And so in his game against the Lakers uh, last night, because I'm recording this on a Saturday, he had 27 points, 10 rebounds, and eight assists, five blocks, and five steals. And he was one assist away the previous game from having a five-by-five. And the reason this is significant, there have been 22, 23 games like this ever, and he almost had two of them and has had one officially within his first 50 games of being an NBA player. Oh, my God. he He's going to change the NBA. And, you know, a few, a few weeks ago, like if you remember early on my, I have a, a what's now a scorching. Well, I guess scorching is not the, <laughs> the right term, a freezing cold take where I didn't think Wemby would be close to the um, rookie of the year conversation, not because of talent, uh, but because I thought he would not get close in terms of threshold. I thought um, the Spurs would be sitting more. I honestly thought they would keep looking as bad as they did, but they've definitely looked better. They they aren't great, but they're looking better. They're at least competitive in a lot of their games. And Victor has has gone up a tier, and he already started good, and he's already gone up a tier or even two in the in the last couple months. And so, whether it's Nikola Jokic's perfect triple double or Wemby doing something that hasn't been done since 2019, which is you know a long time. Think about that, a rookie. 
50 games in, has done something that has only been done uh, less than 25 times, right? My, I'm 30. I have, I have had birthdays more than this has had happened in the NBA. Um, and the NBA is much older than me. So that goes to show how rare and impressive it is. And uh, just, again, I, I you know, the thing I've been saying a lot this season is just the talent in the league is, to me, the the best it's been it, it just from top to bottom. Yeah. There's some weak teams, but there's so much fun basketball happening. And I feel so lucky as a fan. And it's interesting to me because I think a lot of people right now are poo-pooing the NBA and the product itself. And I think, yeah, sure. The all-star game sucks, but like the actual day to day product, I think is better than it's been in a while. Um, and I feel like that might be considered a hot take. Cause I, when I look at, you know, forum posts about the NBA or in other sports are always like, Oh, it's dead. No one cares about the regular season, but people do care. Like watch the games. There's so many good competitive games. All right. I'm going to get it off my soapbox and into the boxing ring. On February 23rd, 2003, what seemed like would be a normal Friday after the All-Star break was a spicy one because we not we didn't have one, but we had two different fights. So I'm going to tell you what happened, give you the breakdown, give you maybe some of the fallout. And, uh, <laughs> and if you have a chance, maybe go check these out. Uh, I don't encourage violence, but it is entertaining to watch. So first... At the end of the game between the Warriors and the Hornets, the Warriors had the game handily in check, right? There was only a few seconds left, but there was still enough time on the shot, uh, on the score uh, clock, that the shot clock was not turned off. And what that means is that you have to shoot or you'll get a delay uh, in the game. And so typically towards the end, when you're milking the clock and everyone's kind of agreed the game's over, you might milk it to the buzzer, but uh, uh, like the shot clock buzzer. But in this particular instance, uh, rookie Lester Quinones. um, Oh, my God, I'm sure I butchered that. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Lester. But anyway, he went for a layup with like two seconds left, which Miles Bridges and Grant Williams took offense to and out of nowhere a brawl uh, started to ensue well brawls were pretty dramatic but a fight started to ensue if you watch the clip it's actually really funny because steve kerr and steve clifford uh the the coaches of the respective teams were shaking hands and then they both look and you they both mouth at the same time basically like what the fuck <laughs> because they saw the brawl happening right the game was basically over so Miles Bridges and uh, Grant Williams was pretty much like, you know, it's it's not cool that they try to score at the end. Lester was like, how about you stop me? Which is my my thought. If you don't want people scoring on you, how about you stop them? And if you don't want them scoring on you and it feels like a blowout, maybe don't get blown out. And especially like there was still like time on the game clock, like in, in terms of like not getting the delay and, you know, points. Like, I don't think two points really changes anything in like a 15 point game. So that was the first fight, um, which to me just made Miles Bridges uh, and Grant Williams look stupid. Um, Miles Bridges talked about unwritten rules, which. (sighs) Miles Bridges, who has been accused of domestic violence, which is a pretty strong written rule, complaining about unwritten rules about someone scoring on you at the end of an NBA game. 
give me a break, Miles. Like, shut the fuck up. And then Grant Williams, uh, as Draymond said, there's a reason he got traded out of Dallas, and it's just he's always looking to get in a fight. He's a he's a he's a poor man's Dylan Brooks, and poor, Dylan Brooks is a poor man's Draymond Green. So if this is an evolution line, Grant Williams, you are the 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 shitty starter in that. <laughs> and then the other fight that we had was between the Pelicans and the Heat. What ended up happening is Zion Williams went up for a a dunk after a steal and Kevin Love from the outside perspective appeared to grab him and it looked like he was like trying to hurt him. Kevin Love was actually trying to protect Zion from like, like falling. And after the game, that's what Zion said. He was like, Kevin was trying to protect me. And it's funny because the, the Pelicans ran to Zion's defense and he's walking away and behind him, the fight starts ensuing. And it kind of looks like an action hero movie star. Who's like leaving as like an explosion happens after behind him because he had no idea what was happening. And then this fight grew like, like four players were injected. It was uh, Jimmy Butler, Thomas Bryant, Jose Alvarado, and Najee Marshall were all ejected. And uh, this led to the Pelicans fans cheering. A Pelicans fan, I think, was involved. It was it was crazy. It was wild. But it was also didn't need to happen because Zion was not actually upset with what Kevin was doing. Um, I don't know if some of the Heat players uh, uh, wanted a break. Right, Jimmy was like, do I need to play the fourth quarter? Um, the Heat ended up winning the game. And after the game, when asked about the altercation, Jimmy said that, well, if we play again, that um, we'll beat them because we're a better team. Not that they're a bad team. We're just a better team. And Zion kind of acted as I was saying, where he was kind of like, I don't, bro, I don't know why this happened. I wasn't mad. I, it's, he, he basically said it's players defending their teammates. My guys were defending my guys. His guys were defending my, uh, his guys there's nothing wrong with that. But as the season gets closer to playoff time, you can expect this intensity to increase. I'm not saying that there's going to be more fights, but I think players now are more invested. And I think you also have the aspect that team players on bad teams don't care anymore. And so they might be more, more willing to scrap than at the beginning of the year when there's more to lose. Um, so uh, I'm looking forward to this contention building and getting stronger as the NBA season continues. Before we conclude this pod. I just want to say I have a fun fact, and I hope you find it as fun as I did. The Atlanta Hawks, in their last 1,500 games, are 750 and 750. And this is beautiful, because it's balanced as all things should be. And it's extra funny because the Hawks, I think it was like two years ago or a couple years ago, they had a season where they were never like more than like two games away from 500 on the either end of it. Um, And it goes to show that the Hawks are exceptional at being mid. But you know what isn't mid? You. Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Omni Sports NBA podcast. Please, as always, follow us on any socials that you like we're on insta x we're on twitter we have a discord which i would love for you to join and participate in we are also looking to have a march madness bracket i'm going to keep pitching this every week until march madness happens so start paying attention to those college basketball teams we're going to do a one march madness bracket that will be free to enter and then we're going to do one that's going to be like a five dollar per bracket so um you can you can decide how what 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 makes this most sense for you and of course the more people we get involved in that the more stakes and the more fun it could be so thank you all for potting with me and i hope you have a wonderful 
wonderful week.